on this edition of the Cubs Recap Podcast. Gordon Whitmire and I talk about the state of the Cubs, not good, and how do you mess up a Billy Williams bobblehead giveaway? Welcome into the Cubs Recap Podcast, a presentation of our recap channel here on YouTube and available audio only wherever you get your podcasts. I'm David Kaplan. My partner is Gordon Wittenmeyer. Find him at GW Cub on Twitter. I'm at the Capman. All right, Gordon, your Cubs are mired in a little difficulty. Your Cubs. Wait, 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 wait. Marcus Stroman's Memorial Day dominant complete game shutout, one hit, one walk. We're the worst team in the National League. What happened to your ball club? Who the hell are you calling your Cubs? They're your Cubs, buddy. And besides, Only mine when they're not the worst team in the National League and screwing up bobbleheads. I don't know if you noticed over the weekend, I jumped ship to the Reds. I'm, I'm right. out, buddy. I'm out. Yeah. Crazy. So wh- what is going on with the Chicago Cubs that they start 11-6? and six. I'm singing I love L.A. They nearly sweep the Dodgers in Los Angeles. They look really good, and all of a sudden, they look awful. Uh, exactly what we thought before the season when you handicapped this team caught up to them. That's, it's really no, no different than that. I mean, uh, the rotation's been their strength. They've had a couple of, you know, Wisniewski had to go back down to the minors. He started off slow, had a nice stretch, had a couple clunkers back to the minors. Tyone hasn't been what we thought, but the other three guys have done a terrific job. And now we got Kyle Hendricks back. So you think, well, the rotation's all right. I, I, I'd take that rotation. Open hasn't been good. That was the last thing they put together in the offseason. And it kind of shows. Um, and then the lineup's been inconsistent. I mean, people, people want to get into, well, they got the, the on base is really good and the WRCs plus and all that crap. Uh, yeah, but go back and take the A series out of it. I mean, it's really been up and down is my point. Uh, they've had big moments, but haven't done the job in the biggest, it seems like, a lot. And that's about what we thought coming in. So uh, I talked to Dansby Swanson the other day. He said, we don't have a lot of margin to work with. We have to do all the little things right. And that's what, that's what happened was a couple of things started getting away from him. And again, this team doesn't have that margin. Next year, if they spend like they did this year, or if they at least are as aggressive as they have been the last two off seasons, next year should be the year you start to see something. But this is about what we thought, man. So it's not something that uh, I'm shocked to see. Yeah. When you say it's about what we thought, no, I w- no, I disagree. That's you. Back That's that. you. I'm, I'm, I'm not the one telling that said- you I expected 90 wins. The worst team in the National League, the yeah, but it's worst. The, but but by what 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 increments, right? Because there's no Record. there's no A's there's no A's and Royals in the National League. So you're six games under, seven games under. You're the worst record in the National League. Um, so you're they were the worst team before that one nothing win over the the Rays, and five and a half games out of first. They were in last place and five and a half games out of first. That's kind of the state of this mediocre middle to bottom of the National League. So worst in the National League? Sure. Yeah. But but like 100 loss worse? 
uh, I don't see that happening. I, I don't see that. No. Okay. Before we get back to the team uh, on the field, do you believe that the future is bright? Because when you're the worst team in the National League or thereabouts, <laughs> and that is where they were this weekend, yep. people fail sometimes to acknowledge, hey, you know what, though? Around the corner, they've got Pete Carr Armstrong and Kevin Alcantara and this guy and that guy. Do you feel like the Cubs' future is brighter than maybe people realize or no? Those are, they call them prospects for a reason, man. They're not big leaguers yet. Um, look at Christopher Morrell. He comes up and he's, he's lights out. He's nine home runs in, what, 12 games or some, yep. some ridiculous thing. And he's cooled off a little bit, and he's going to cool off a little bit. We thought, we thought Velasquez uh, coming off of the uh, Fall League MVP a, a year ago, and he comes up, and he looks pretty good right away. He hasn't really been a big leaguer since. I mean, he hasn't looked like a big leaguer when he's been here. Um, so you, you, until those guys prove themselves, you can't bank on it. Meanwhile, if I'm, if I'm the Cubs or the fans or you, Cap, I'm – I'm going back and rewinding to the weekend against the Reds because that that's one of those teams you have to beat. And that was a team you allowed yourself to think you were ahead above going maybe into this season in your rebuild. And now you have the resources to go out and do something about it. But that team has a lot of young talent. They're a, they play aggressive. They have athletes and speed and they have homegrown pitching. I mean, some serious pitching. If, uh, Green, uh, Lodolo, and uh, Ashcraft, we saw two of those guys in that series. If they can figure it out with their consistency for full seasons, and they already think Hunter Green has, they gave him a $53 million extension already, then that team's going to be a force to reckon with for a while just on, just on that alone. So you got to ask yourself, if you're the Cubs, how much is it going to cost us to go out there and compete now, not just with the Cardinals and the Brewers, but with these Reds that are coming pretty fast. So let's talk about Kyle Hendricks, who's going to go to the Hill on Tuesday night against the Rays. I spoke to someone today in Iowa, and I said, how was he throwing the ball before he was recalled to start for the Cubs? And they said, he looks like the Kyle Hendricks of old. The ball's diving. He's got really good velocity. For him, he's not a 95-mile-an-hour guy, but he's pitching at 90 miles an hour with some really good action on it up in the strike zone. He said he looks healthy. He looks really good. I think it's a huge start against the race tonight. Do you? I, I do, too, but I, but I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be you know going all in or all out on him based on whatever you see. This Rays lineup is the real deal, man. They're not like the, the Rays of, of – of, recent vintage where you know they're really good they pitch they do all these little things they got some boppers in there they got some serious freaking talent they lead they lead the majors in a number of categories so if if he doesn't look great if he just kind of manages stuff and doesn't look great then you know he's been out for a year and and so you know if he gives you some innings and some length at all that's i think what you look for as he gets it back up to speed um I got a different question for you, man. Let me ask you something as a as sort of an amateur Cubs historian and as a huge biggest fan I know. Uh-huh. There's four Hall of Fame pitchers that spent the primary parts of their careers with the Cubs. 
two of them are relievers. One of them pitched, you know, in the ancient times. Oh, it's uh, Suter, Lee Smith, Maddox, and Jenkins. No, Maddox didn't pitch his primary year, all of his years. I'm talking guys that spent most of their career with the Cubs. All right. And and so you're talking about three-finger Brown, right, from over 100 years ago. The two relievers, uh, Suter and Lee Smith. And then you're talking about Fergie. So Fergie's like head and shoulders, right? Fergie's the man. Uh, in terms of the greatest Cubs pitcher in a Cubs uniform of all time. And then you got Maddox and Sutcliffe who did their thing. Arietta for this electric window. Uh, Lester for what he meant for, for six years, a consist- consistency anchor and a rotation. Where does Hendricks fit as far as the history of this franchise? Well, he pitched the clinching game to give you the pennant for the first time in 71 years. He pitched game seven. I thought he was pulled too soon by your favorite manager, Joe Madden, who has talked about it. And I agreed. His rationale on it. I didn't agree with it. I understand it. Um, Mm -hmm. So he had those huge moments. And throughout that 15-16 run, he was as good as the Cubs had other than Arietta. He was locked in. He was a Cy Young finalist one year. Uh, He's on the list of most important pitchers simply because he pitched you into a World Series and then he helped you in game seven. There's only one pitcher that one starting pitcher in franchise history. I think this is true. That one that won won a playoff pennant clincher. Because the last time they got to the World Series was 1945. Correct. When when you went straight to the World Series. So in, in the in the division era, when you had playoffs leading up to the World Series, only one guy did what he did. And he did it against Kershaw. Um, and, then, uh, and, and then he started Game 7 of the World Series. Again, a rarity in franchise history. And they won it. Even more of a rarity. Yeah. And here's the thing, right? In 2015, when they turned the corner, a year ahead of schedule at least, and they turned that corner in a big way, you knew going in you had Lester. And you knew going in, you, you kind of thought you had Arietta because he was, what, 10 and 4 the year before with a good ERA. You thought you had two solid pieces in place. And you kind of liked what you saw in Hendricks, but you couldn't be sure. Remember, his rookie year was 2014. He broke in in, like, July. So he hadn't even had a full season of the big leagues. He, if they, without him, I'm not sure they turned the corner. Yeah. It, Ryan Dempster likes to joke. Yeah. Thank me. Cause if he doesn't uh, uh, refuse to take a trade to the Atlanta Braves for Randall Delgado. Yeah. Kyle Hendricks never gets to the Chicago cup. No doubt. I just talked to Dempster about that the other day and we, we were chatting about that. He says, yeah, that might be the greatest trade in history. You know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be part of the, greatest trade in Cubs history. He's right. Yeah. Kyle Hendricks, first of all, he is as good a person as I've dealt with in Chicago. No doubt. Sport. No question. Phenomenal. Yeah. And the way he threw in that stretch, and that's why I think his start against the Rays, very important because if he is a semblance of what he was, any kind of reasonable facsimile, they've got a chance to right the ship and at least be a decent baseball team. I talked to, to Fergie about Hendricks and 
Fergie said he's top 10 in franchise history for sure. So then if that's the case, is he top five? Certainly, again, to your point, for the importance, for his importance in, in uh, what he accomplished. Um, yeah, so then the question, I mean, if all that's true, then the question is, what's he got left in the tank, right? And that's what's really interesting about this season as he goes forward. Does he become part of something that gets locked in going into next year that's part of the next big thing? Or, you know, to be quite honest with you, I mean, if we're going to be just brutal about this, is he going to be yet another core guy, the last core guy that winds up getting traded because they're probably sellers in July? Okay, so let's get to that. Sellers in July. What does that mean? Because I was putting pen to paper today, and I'm looking at their current roster. Okay, you're not getting anything if you traded Jan Gomes or Tucker Barnhart. Oh, don't be surprised. Remember last year, the Astros in particular were looking for catching help down the stretch. But you're not and getting a lot back. They were willing to give up Jose Urquidy, their, their GM was, and that's a starting pitcher. That's a bona fide starting pitcher. So uh, Jan Gomes, and it could be the same team. The Astros still have catching issues. They could be looking for a catcher. All right. You're not trading Mervis at first. You're not no. trading Horner at second. You're not trading Dansby Swanson at short. You're not getting a lot for Patrick Wisdom. You're, you're, you're no, no reason to trade him anyway. He's still cheap. Right. You've got a no-trade clause with Ian Happen left. Cody Bellinger, I don't understand yes. how yes. we're not putting him on the injured list. He might be able to pinch hit for us that night. Next thing I know, he's on the injured list, and we haven't seen him. If he if if this isn't serious and he comes back in honestly, if he comes back even in the next month and and he picks up anything close to where he left off, absolutely. He's gone. He's gone at the trade deadline. Okay. No question. And I don't know how much you're getting. We'll see how he plays. And then you have a no trade clause and you're not trading, say a Suzuki. Marcus Stroman, possibly, but he's got I an opt out. But you get you, that's a huge hole in a rotation that needs good pitching. Yeah, you're but not you've got, trading Justin Steele. Well, hold up, hold up. You got Ben Brown, who you promoted to AAA not too long ago. So he's on the brink. You got Wisniewski, who's already debuted. He's got quite a few starts under his belt. Uh, still a rookie. He can come up. There's no reason he can't come up and finish in the rotation the way he did last year. And I don't mean performance-wise, but just, I mean, taking that spot. And Ben Brown almost certainly is going to get his debut this year, especially in a scenario like that. So you've got arms you can bring up and plug into this thing. I don't think that's an issue. So we can we can take that off the table as who do they replace these guys with? They replace them with some of their young guys and take a look going into next year. So who do they real other than Bellinger and Stroman potentially? They don't have anything else left to trade, man. So so you got. You got Bellinger for sure. It's part of why he was acquired uh, on the one-year deal like that. If he bounces back, he's a trade piece. Um, you got a couple of starting pitchers on short-term deals at this point, and Stroman and Hendricks. And if they're pitching well, that becomes a, a viable possibility in both cases. Both cases. Then you got, like I said, Jan Gomes, good catching, especially with the way he's been producing offensively this year, could – there could be windows of value there, like, like of, of need that, that will return value. 
And then you go back to the old standby, which is where they've made their bones the last couple of uh, trade deadlines, and that's in the bullpen. Now their bullpen's been terrible, but but if if the if Boxberger comes back and he's healthy and he's good, big it, right? And and if Homer ever writes himself for three consecutive weeks, you you might have some trade value there. So these are the kinds of things you look at. But but these are the conversations that'll be had, and you can almost guarantee four or five of them will be traded. Yeah, I just don't think they have the pieces to go, wow, sell off, and we got really good players back. I don't see those types of guys here. Yeah, it's not going to be like it was the last couple of years, certainly not like two years ago when they had all-star caliber guys and in one case an MVP. But they've got valuable pieces that, that, that are going to fit for teams that are trying to bolster their rotation down the stretch. Or, uh, I mean, Bellinger's a left-handed power bat, dude. I mean, that's, that's super valuable to a team, any team. But a team trying to win in a postseason, that's a big deal. And he's done it in the postseason, right? So these are all the kinds of things that, that give you value added when you start having these conversations. So they go on the road from this Tampa series. They're going to be in San Diego. They've got their hands full over the next few weeks. I think that's the telltale, right? I mean, they go to, I think it's the Angels, right? They go to L.A. They, uh, they finish up in San Francisco. Uh, and they have and they San got, Diego. And they got San Diego. San Diego's a weird team, man. They should be blowing people out, and they're not scoring runs. Um, but they, you know, historically those West Coast swings are really tough on them. They're tough on a lot of teams from this part of the country. So uh, we'll see what happens. They did pretty well, as you pointed out, when they went out to the West Coast last time. Of course, three of those games were the A's, and but they did play well against the Dodgers. Um, so maybe maybe this is along those lines if it's not if it's like if it's three and six two and seven type of thing that's going to be the telltale that that'll that'll be the decision maker it, I, mean, I mean it'll just be done at that point so do do you think and we'll get to the bobblehead in a minute here do <laughs> you think that there is any accountability for mr ricketts for I mean, I'm not advocating that they make a front office change. And I like David Ross. I think he's been given a bad bullpen, which Jed fell on his sword for last week before we did the podcast. Any change coming in any area? There probably ought to be. I mean, really, uh, there probably ought to be. I mean, uh, Ricketts never held Theo accountable for their post-championship failures. And I'll say maybe it wouldn't have been fair to do that. Right. Although Theo held Joe accountable and fired him. So uh, if, if that's in play, then fire in the front office guy should have been in play too. Uh, however many years after the championship that was because they face planted. I mean, it was a, it was a steady decline to, if not the bottom, at least to non-viability uh, soon after that championship. So, he promised he Theo and Jed promised sustained uh, foundation for sustained success, and they didn't come close to sustaining it. They reached a hell of a pinnacle. There's a lot of people that are gonna that are gonna give them credit for the rest of their lives for that, and maybe rightfully so. But I think they should be held accountable. I think uh, Jed should, and I think Rossi should. Um, and look, I said this honestly. The, it starts at the top. 
I said this back during the time of biblical losses, right? It's really effing easy to tear this shit down. It's effing easy to tank and rebuild. Uh, good luck putting it back together. I mean, you can pick all you want on Rizzo and Bryant and Baez and Contreras and all the guys they got rid of. You can pick at you, but they're all all-stars. Some of them started all-star games. One of them is an MVP. They were good players. Some of them still are very good players. Schwarber was an egregious non-tender. Um, and, and, and here you are with none of those guys faced with trying to rebuild a structure that's got at least that quality in it. You haven't done it. It's not friggin' easy, no matter how much money you got. And, and now it's coming to roost. Now you've got to prove it all over again. Good fucking luck. Effing, good effing luck. All right, I got to show you something before we wrap this up. Hang on. Okay, Gordon. This is called a bobblehead, okay? <laughs> now, I didn't play for the Cubs, but I got this. It was made for me as a gift, and it has double zero on the back because I didn't have a freaking uniform because I didn't play for them, but they spelled my name right. But if they you did have a uniform... That's the number it would be. No, 24 was my number in college. Seven in football, 24 in baseball. So if they spelled this C-A-P-L-I-N, I'd be like, do you guys not know how to spell my name? I only hosted your pre and post game for 25 years. Yeah, and like, what's the point at that point, right? It's like, do you even know? How, I mean, why are you, you're honoring me? You don't even know my damn name. Right. So can you explain to me how I am... Sitting, having dinner with my family the other night, and I look at my phone, and I'm like, no way they got Billy Williams' number wrong. And then I see a picture, and it's number one. Was it like Nick Madrigal bobblehead night? Oh, he's in the minors. Let's just honor Billy. How does that happen? Well, at least they got him hitting left-handed instead of right-handed like Madrigal. But it is the most ridiculous thing I ever saw. Uh on the box, it mentions all his achievements and, th and honors. One of them says he had his number 26 retired. So somebody involved in the packaging knew he was 26. I don't know how you if, – if you're at the point where you're about ready to bronze this thing or make copies of this thing, and you say, what number should we put on it? You could make a call to the Cubs. You could Google it. You Excuse could, me. You can Google it. Is his number on your goddamn left field foul pole? Yes. What is it? Hang on. Let me walk out. 26 Williams, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S. Google a picture of him. Google a video of him. I mean, it ain't that hard. It'd take you five seconds. But as a breakdown at every level, it's a breakdown at the manufacturing level, design level. And then, it's, and then the biggest breakdown of all is, they signed off on it and handed the damn things out. I don't think it's a breakdown at the manufacturing level because I just bought these hats that you have one. It says the recap. And guess what? They sent me very nice lady named Trisha. She sends me an email with this picture. Here's what your hat is going to look like. And then I said, well, could you do me a favor? Can you put the, it just said recap, put the up here. Okay. I'll send you another proof. I get another proof. Could you do me a favor? Make the, the orange here a little bit bolder. Okay. 
I get another pr- uh, proof. I said, that's it. I docu signed it. She sends me back a copy. Is this your signature? Yes. Okay, we're good to go then. And then the hats show up just like I wanted them. The, the, the manufacturer only can make what the Cubs sign off on on the proof. How does this happen? It's a great point. So it's a Cubs breakdown start to finish. Put it on Crane Kenny one more, one more time. I mean, that's, it's his department. But he's not the guy talking to the bobblehead company. It's his friggin' department. Those are all his I, people. I agreed. He has to hold somebody accountable in his department. Mark and, and the buck starts the boss there. I love Colin. Colin needs to say, okay, meeting 8 a.m. Who the hell did these bobbleheads? Uh, I did. You, sir, are fired. Yeah. This, this goes back to throwing out the, the, the Ronnie Sano stuff and the stadium cake and all that. I mean, this right. is get well this Ronnie goes, card. This, this goes back like 10 years. They, they had a long time without one of these pop up. And now this might be the worst of them all, to be honest with you. I mean, it's, it's just brutal. for just for what you pointed out, the the approval process of even sending these things to get to get done. And. I haven't seen any other ones that had something as simple as the number wrong. I mean, it'd be like having a guy batting the wrong way. It'd be like having Fergie pitching left-handed or something like that. It's it's literally unbelievable to me. All right, Gordon, we'll talk next week. You will be covering Major League Baseball for the Cincinnati Inquirer, but we're still going to keep doing our podcast. You're in the division. You'll be seeing enough of the Cubbies and you'll be following the Major League Baseball scene. So we will have you next week, but we congratulate you on everything going on in your life. You're a stud. Thanks. I appreciate it, man. And I'm going to have a much better view of the Cubs from above. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, you'll be right upstairs. Hey, man, have a great day, all right? About about two or three games ahead. That's it. Unbelievable. You have a great day. All right, you too, man. Thanks. That's my guy, Gordon Wittenmeyer. Again, we'll be continuing this podcast every Wednesday. We drop a brand new edition. For Gordon, for our great staff, I'm David Kaplan. This has been another edition of the Cubs Recap Podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Take that.